You're listening to the Metaverse Podcast with your host Tom Traplin, and this is session number 67. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast. I am your host, Tom Kraplin, and this is the podcast where we talk about building successful and profitable game businesses. And today I have with me the one, the only, Wayne Middlestead. Hey, Thomas. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm all right. Uh, I'm starting to uh, enjoy my weekends again after uh, a couple months of, of craziness, but uh, yeah, um, Dueling Grounds has uh, come a long ways from its uh, origins uh, 13 years ago. Fantastic. Um, yeah. We, Did you get uh, any uh, solar eclipse action today? No, I, you know, I was having lunch out in the, in the balcony too uh, around that time, but <clears throat> I didn't have the protective eyewear. I was actually afraid to look at the sun. So I had my lunch and then got back inside where it felt safe. <laughs> yeah. I just, it was an odd day for me. It worked out that I was able to to be outside for a little while. I didn't have the eyewear or anything. I just kind of yeah. stared at the ground, looked at the shadows, kind of like, it, you know, absorbed yeah. the eerie light. It was kind of a bust for us being like oh. this far north. Like compared oh. to, we weren't in the path of totality, right? So we didn't really get to experience like the twilight that some people did in the middle of the yeah. States, right? Yeah. It just kind of got fun. a little dark, a little eerie, and then it kind of just went back to normal. It wasn't really anything that special. So you didn't miss anything. Yeah. Well, it was, it was 75% coverage, I heard. Yeah. It was but, but I guess that doesn't really change all that much. But yeah, for, for me, it was a bit of a wash. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about today. I just wanted to throw that in there and see what your experience was like. We're here to talk about the last six months, really. We're here to talk about Dueling Grounds and uh, what's yeah. been going on with you. Because we kind of missed the update. Yeah, I know. I, I talked a little bit about that in the last show with the other guys, uh, John and Gary, but um, yeah, so much happened. So much happened. Uh, a lot of lessons learned. So definitely looking forward to sharing that with you today in the show. Um, now, uh, in Toronto, we had outgrown our space um, and uh, we we're looking to move, but you know, I had a 10 year lease. Uh, it was going to end August 2019. And uh, I was okay with waiting until then. You know, um, I, I first thought about moving in 2015, actually. Um, but I, I, I thought, you know, I finished my lease and by then I'll have paid off all my debt. You know, I'll be all prepared to move on. I'll have saved up money uh, and the timing, you know, it wouldn't be too rushed. Uh, <clears throat> so that, that was the plan. And then um, I was going to these, uh, these little uh, local conventions in Peterborough called Phantasm run by a great guy, uh, Dave, David Watson. Dave Watson, super guy. I mean, he bakes his own banana bread for the convention. It's real grassroots. And um, so I was attending those to get to know the community in Peterborough. And, uh, but I'd heard that um, the store there had, uh, had been sold. And uh, the new owner was, uh, was opening and they were renovating and they had apparently been renovating for uh, uh six months at that point and which was really surprising it took a walk down to take a look for myself and there was you know the walls were stripped down to the bare brick there was wires hanging all over the place um i was actually surprised he was open but um he was and a little little bit of product by the front counter and stuff and i was like oh wow okay um 
because <clears throat> originally when I heard uh, the old store was was sold, I was like, oh, there's going to be another new store in the city, and it won't be so great if I come in later as the new store. So I, I sensed a bit of an opportunity there, uh, and uh, thought I could uh, speed up my plan, and that's what I did. That's what I. I mean, it was it was overwhelming. I mean, the the obstacles in front of me. It, it was like okay. If we can do this, we can do this. I had my wife's support. She couldn't wait to get out of Toronto. But I mean, that you got helps. Yeah, that no, that you, need, you need the support at home if you do anything of this magnitude. And picking up your business from one city and transporting to another city, especially from like Toronto, the largest city in Canada, to like Peterborough, which is maybe a hundred thousand. Not the largest city in Canada. Not even close. Not even close. So, um, but you know, big enough that. There could be more than one game store for sure. Sure. So uh, yeah, we uh, I, we had to had to find a new space in Peterborough, new new shop space. We had to find um, a new home <laughs> to live in, mm-hmm. uh, and we had to find uh, a way to get out of my lease uh, that was ending in August 2019. So um, first so thing let's I did talk is about that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So like you had two years left. So how did you manage to work something out with the landlord or did you find someone to take your spot? It was closer to three years at the time, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, I knew I had a a good lease because it was a 10 year lease and um, rent had gone up so much in that area, very up and coming area that uh, the, uh, the landlord was actually looking for more, uh, more money out of me because they're like, well, the property tax keeps rising and we're not charging enough. More and I'm like, well, that's my lease, you know. Yeah, um, sorry, you signed the contract ten years ago, right. seven years ago. I figured, you know, it wouldn't be that hard to get somebody in the space, and uh, there was there was lots of uh, interest. Uh, the first place that looked at it was a dance studio. Uh, they backed out of the deal because the owner of the building uh, wasn't willing to do the uh, the updates to the building to keep the basement area dry which is why I have my game room, but it does get wet occasionally and they wanted to invest tons of money and they just couldn't do that without uh, the guarantee that it would stay dry. Uh, and in the meantime, a friend of one of my employees uh, was looking to open a game store, not quite then and there, but uh, his interest was peak because he was like, oh wow, Dueling Grounds is moving and they're looking for a new, a new tenant to take over. And uh, so, um, I met, I met with, uh, that person. We, we talked about, uh, the arrangements and, uh, with, you know, it wasn't just leasing the space at that point. It was another game store who was basically going to do the same thing I was doing and, and take over my customer base and everything else. Uh, and so I wanted something more than just someone taking over my lease. I wanted some compensation for that. And, uh, we, we, uh, I, I, pitched an offer that was pretty low to begin with. Um, uh, and he was a little taken aback by it. Didn't think, you know, he had to pay anything. I thought I would just open up shop. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that's just, you know, the expectation, I guess comes with an experience, but, uh, then I, uh, as things moved along and I had found a place that was going to work well for my business in Peterborough, I was like, okay, I really want to move forward. My wife really wants to move forward. I'm going to uh, just grin and bear it and, and uh, do it for half of what I originally asked for. So he got just a crazy good deal out of me. Um, and, you know, I got my space 
leased out. Uh, so it was good for both of us. And uh, I mean, also the other deciding factors for me were uh, he was going to keep all of my staff. Oh, okay. Plus, and uh, he was going to, well, run the same style of business. So he was going to uh, fill in that vacuum that I would have left if I, if I had just left the space to another business. Um, so the, uh, the community, the gaming community in the area was, was pretty happy that another game store was going to open up. Um, yeah, smooth transitions are nice. Uh, that was one of the things I was curious about, like what happened to your guys in Toronto that, uh, yeah, I know. how did they, they take yeah. it and all that, but if they yeah, just no, went, no. went with the new guys, that's great. We did. And you know, I, I was very uh, open with my staff about it too, about what I was doing. Like the first inklings of me doing this, uh, would be, gosh. The, the previous fall and, uh, you know, I, I just said, you know, this, this probably isn't going to happen because of all the things I need to do and everything that needs to work out. But this is what I'm going to try and do just so they knew what was, com- what was coming up, what was happening. Um, so things worked out the way they worked out. And uh, what I didn't realize was happening uh, cause I got on the phone with wizards and I, wa- I wanted to tell them what I was doing. I was like, yeah, I want to move into a different city and this and that. And, and, uh, you know, what do I need to know? It's like, Oh, well, that's, you know, that's, that's good. You just need to, to reapply. And, you know, I was mostly concerned about my, my advanced plus core or advanced plus standing, which is huge, is very, very valuable. And, and, uh, they were like, Oh, no, you, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, and so I was like, oh, great. Okay. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> but uh, apparently um, what had happened is I moved far enough that I moved outside of a zone that they have these zones where if your store moves outside of it, if it moves too far from where you were, you lose everything. And you have to start up as if you were a brand new store starting from scratch. And they did not explain that to me. Even when I said I was moving to a different city. Um, and I think that that should have been mentioned to me. Uh, and would then, that have changed your decision? Like, would you uh, have been like, well, maybe I'll change I probably, that would, probably would have made me back up because like I worked so hard for that and, and, and it is worth so much. Uh, I just, yeah, I, it was already a very overwhelming situation. Uh, especially, you know, like I've, I've mentioned this before on the show about having the, the kidney transplant the previous year, the, the anti-rejection drugs, uh, one of the side effects is anxiety and um, that did not help. And uh, I'm sure if uh, it didn't, yeah, it was made everything tougher. But on top of that, if I, if I knew I was going to lose my standing, I, that probably would have been the, the one thing that made me decide, you know what, I can't do this then. Or maybe I would have figured out a way to keep the store running in Toronto worked out a deal with somebody else. I don't know, but I, I don't think it would have happened the way it would have. Uh, not to mention that um, I didn't, I also didn't realize that my account was being transferred to the new owner of the, of the new store, taking my space. Um, so they know, just, not only did they get your community, they also got your like history with wizards. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. is it, I did all it's the a hell of a deal for them. Took all the uh, credit for it. So, um, and you know, that, uh, the next pre-release and I worked so hard for the last pre-release I ran, you know, I, I managed to get 50 or more players 
Uh, and, you know, it was our last pre-release. So a lot of people came out for one last hurrah too, because we've been around for 13 years. And, um, so, uh, you know, and I got a bit teary eyed during that announcement uh, for that pre-release. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, so they, they got my 180 player pre-release kit um, and I got nothing, but, but I found this out, God, maybe a week or so before I opened the new location in Peterborough. Uh, and man, did I ever freak out and, and like, cause I thought everything was fine and I was just so busy with the renovations and setting up the new store that, you know, it was like, oh yeah, I gotta like set up my wizard's account and blah, blah, blah within the last week or so, just the, the finishing touches sort of thing. And which makes sense um, when you expect that all you have to do is be like, yeah, I just have to change my address and everything's fine. Yeah. Just do the, the application again. Yeah. It's us. We've been around, you know, um, and that, you know, that's when I found out. And then um, because, uh, because they didn't inform me of what would happen, like they weren't completely clear. What they did for me is they started me at a core level. Now, when a store starts out from scratch, they start, start at gateway. Um, and that is nothing. You just have to do everything and, and earn, earn the right to run, to run FNMs and stuff like that. Um, so it started at core, which meant, I got a 36 player pre-release, <laughs> which I had already been advertising the crap out of. So I had to update my event like, oh, sorry, because of the move, we only have 36 packs. And yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal. Um, uh, so, you know, they, they gave me something, but yeah, I mean, it's, there was no wiggle room. Like they have, they have rules in place. There's, you can't reverse those kinds of decisions. I mean, it was a pretty big deal. They, they put me at core to start. Um, so I'm appreciative of that. And, uh, and they did tell me, you know, I could still say, because I wasn't involved in the transfer of ownership, they called it. Um, Cause the, the new owner of the new store took over my space was like, so yeah, we're going to be transferring your account to mine. And I just thought he was talking about DCI and the, you know, the community and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and my understanding was, you know, we were both going to start off at Advanced Plus when I talked to Wizards. That's how they explained it. Because um, I had earned it and he's taken over the community where it was. So we'll start out there and see where we go from there. Either try and either maintain it or lose it, depending on how we do. So that would make the most sense to me. Uh, yeah. Well, in how Wizards explained it was like the reason a store that moves outside their zone loses it because is because they don't want a store to open up somewhere and come in with this big advanced plus standing and, and smash the poor little store that's there that isn't quite there or something. And that's, that's basically how they described it. It didn't make a ton of sense to me, but. That seems like a really you know. poor argument to me. That seems just for yeah, well, like that, and that makes me think that they were just trying to explain why they couldn't go against the rules. Like the rules there, I don't know. Like I don't have the power to contradict it to do anything about it. So I just have to kind of like rationalize why I can't do anything about, can't do anything to help you. Because like, well, maybe. I mean, I you know, I I understand though. I do understand from that point of view where you know, say it's it's a a large store that has several locations or a big store that's opening up a second location. Um, you know, maybe maybe they're just they don't want a chain of stores to move in and squeeze little stores out. But I don't know. 
I, I, I think kind yeah, of I can I can see the the reasoning behind it, but it to me it seems just kind of rough because like obviously in your situation, I would think it's not so much like it, part of it is the community that you build up that's for sure, but also a big part of it is the expertise that you use to do it, and you you take that with you. Yeah. Right, like whether or not you're going to be advanced plus right off the bat, you're probably going to build that up relatively quickly. And if like they're afraid of you coming in and smashing a small store, if you've already gotten to advanced plus once, you know how to do it again. You can just yeah. do the steps, do what you did to get there, you know, in the yeah. same way. And then you're just going to end up kind of crushing the store anyways, if that's what they're really afraid of. I don't think that's necessarily what would happen, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's well, it, crushing the store is, is probably the wrong term they just don't want an unfair competitive advantage i think are the words that he used on the phone with me but um yeah i mean but i i don't worry you know i'm not worried about uh about progressing we already we sold out the first pre-release no problem wasn't too hard to do with 36 uh so we already qualified the next pre-release to 72 and that's how they, they kind of double it up to a certain point and then it squeaks up as you get higher and higher attendance um it'll, it will take me a while to get up to that 180 player uh release again a few, a few pre-releases of you maxing out you'll get there yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes but um so that's that's a really important lesson to learn and, and you know and and part of this is my fault for not following up more i guess i was so afraid of finding out that things weren't going to work out the way i wanted them to that just hearing them say oh it'll be fine i was like okay good i don't have to think about it anymore um i should have done a little more uh due diligence and uh had you know a couple phone calls with a couple different people just to make sure everything was good um because, I mean, if, if, like I said, if I understood the way it was going to work by losing that, I, I would have, I probably wouldn't have done the move unless, unless I found someone willing to take over the, the space um, that could afford to spend more money, give me more money, like a, a bigger buyout. I would have settled for a bigger buyout. Um, anyways, that's... Yeah, it would have changed the, the calculus of the decision for sure. Sure. So it was tough. It was really tough. I even reached out to the to the uh, the new owner of the space uh, that I left, and like in my mind, I was like, "Oh my God, I wasn't compensated for this." And and Wizards during their apologies was like, "You know, you do have the right to revoke this transfer." So I still had the power to say, "You know what, guys, you're not getting to start off from scratch." Yeah, but I mean, and that was a knee jerk reaction. I I, I reached out to him. It's not their fault. Email and like, hey man, like. And I, you know, I didn't ask for much. I just asked for the original amount that I wanted. Um, and, um, and, you know, he wrote back saying, you know, he, he, he didn't, he didn't agree with me. Uh, and, um, and it was, you know, it was in the past anyways. And it's like, well, you know, part of the reason I wanted another game store to open my space was to, for the community. And, you know, I, so it, it didn't make sense to pull the rug from under them just because, I was kind of screwed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like it, it, they didn't conspire with wizards to do this. It's just they kind of yeah. became the beneficiary of something like this. That yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just kind of got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, yeah. So lesson learned. You know, just make sure you understand what's going on, even when you think it is. Double check. Double check. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want uh, that kind of surprise, you know, in your face as soon as like right before opening the store. 
brutal, brutal stuff. Yeah, that's pretty rough. I guess yeah. then anything interesting happening during the move? Because like you moved the entire, like all your inventory. Like what was that process like? Yeah, uh, I touched on that a little bit in the last show, but yeah, you, uh, you don't realize how many SKUs you accumulate um, over time. I mean, the last time I had moved uh, was about seven and a half years prior to that. Uh, and over seven and a half years, I really increased my inventory quite a bit. We were on a huge growth spurt. The previous three years were, were just better and better and better. Um, and uh, our, our stock had reached a point where, you know, we couldn't fit it all in store anymore. So when it came down to packing, I mean, even after hiring people, uh, giving myself an entire week just to pack, shut down the store for a week before we moved. So I wanted to leave it open as long as possible. So I was making income because during May, um, May was renovation month in Peterborough and June was going to be setting the store up in Peterborough. So we, we stayed up until about May 20th um, and uh, did really well because we had a big moving sale and brought in tons of money, which was great. Uh, also saved money by not having to pay last month's rent. Um, and uh, Pizza Pizza had to, Pizza Pizza was my landlord. They were leasing from the building owners and they cut out the space that I was in and sublet it to me. And uh, the current tenant that's in there is subletting for me. So it's a sub sublet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all kosher, you know, it's all. Yeah, all everyone, everyone's cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I did my research for the move. Uh, I made sure I, I, I got a local Peterborough company. I wanted someone local. Mm. Uh, that was important. And uh, I looked up the, the top three moving companies in the area and uh, did my research and picked the one that I was happiest with. And they did a great job uh, for the most part. Uh, unfortunately, they had to like hire a couple guys from Toronto, you know, from some probably some place that, you know, gets jobs for people, temporary jobs, almost yeah. job places. Um, and uh, they turned out to be not so great. Um, not surprising. So, yeah, so the move took a little longer than it was supposed to. Uh, and because it took longer than it was supposed to, they were unable to pick up a bunch of the store fixtures I, I picked up for the new store, which was a second stop in Toronto before moving. And... You know, they were cool about that too. They were like, well, we'll, we'll get a second truck there um, and grab it another time and then deliver it to you the following week. So they were taking care of me. Uh, it, was, it wasn't great. I mean, I mean to be honest, um, even if they had the fixtures right away, I wouldn't be able to put them up uh, right away either. So the fact that they were a week later wasn't, wasn't too big of a deal in hindsight. Mm. But you know they they did a really good job of moving my stuff. They, you know, didn't break many things. I don't think. I mean, I I don't even think I've come across anything that I've lost or or found broken. So That's pretty good. Yeah, good moving company. Um, but yeah, the packing, the week I gave myself, the people I hired, um, and just friends, and my wife helping. Uh, that last day it was still an enormous job and I had to stay awake. Uh, well, I, I packed for 31 hours straight and then, uh, yeah, 
like right up to the point where like the moving truck arrived and I was still like packing and filling those boxes. Yeah. As they were um, taking it out. And then, you know, when I finally went to bed, I was like 36 hours of being awake, which is the longest I've been awake. I I believe longest I've ever been awake sober anyways, (laughs) longest I've been awake sober. And, and I was brutal. I mean, 45, you know, you're not a young chicken anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I'm 31 in like 17 oh. hours is like, man, I'm so tired right now. Well, you do have a kid too, so. Yeah, it's a little bit different with a kid, but. It's on an extra 10 years, right? It's been there. a long time since I've stayed up the, past the 24-hour mark. Yeah. Just, you can't do it anymore. You can't do it. Yeah. So, I mean, another lesson learned, you, you need to give yourself way more time to pack than you think. And I, I thought a week is lots of time, but man. It was not even close. I could have used, I could have used probably three more days. So when you, I don't know, I would suggest if you, when you plan on moving, give yourself, think about how much time you're giving yourself and multiply it by 1.5. It yeah, should be good. Like, it's like, just like Twice instruction. It's just like instruction. Yeah. Oh, you know, just add a little multiplier to your budget and your timeline. Yeah. Cause like, you know, you always gotta, oh, this is what you think it's going to be. It's going to be a little bit, a little bit more, just That's a little good. bit more. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a brutal move in too for the guys, for the, for the, the movers. Cause, uh, you have to walk up two flights of stairs to get to my unit. Um, so yeah. it felt good watching and <laughs> not doing the work not myself. Lift the box. Well, at least. Up, up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, they were really good. They, they, I just had to like point to where I wanted things to go. And, uh, so it was a great move. Um, done very well and uh very professionally um now before that okay all of me i was renovating and uh you know it was, it was quite a project it was all a bunch of little offices and stuff and i needed to have the space but luckily for me all the walls were just partitions so easy enough to just knock over yeah there was there was not a lot of uh a lot of serious stuff we had to worry about um, and it also let me design the space um, the way I want it to be. That, that was amazing. That was so much fun being able to design exactly how I wanted the layout of my store to be instead of mm-hmm. having to work with what space was available. Um, a big change, right? Because like, big, big like Dueling Grounds where you were when I visited was mm-hmm. pretty much, it, it seemed like you just kind of had to build the store with what was there. Because like that, you said that uh, yeah. they sublet their slice to you, right? So you just kind of had to make do with it. Was it the same way with your first store too? That like you had to kind of just do with, or you had to build your store around the space rather than build the, st- the space yeah, around your pretty store? Much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at least the first space was just a big triangle with an office in the back and a kitchenette behind that. It was, it kind of just laid itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still, it wasn't, there was things wrong with it too. It wasn't quite wide enough to have an aisle. So it was a lot of wasted space when you're in a rectangle that isn't wide enough. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's not great. So what was so the process of designing? Like, yeah, well, you know, um, there was one whole wall that was all windows. So I knew right away that would be my gaming area because you can't hang product on walls with windows unless you cover the windows up, which is ridiculous. You don't want yeah. to do that. And like, who doesn't love a game room with like sunlight coming in the windows? And yeah. Such a huge, it's not a huge basement. Area. It's not a dungeon. Yeah. Oh yeah. That sounds like a great feature to me. Absolutely. So I knew that much I knew right away. Uh, and the little kitchenette in the back, they had, of course, that's going to stay there. 
and it made sense for the office to be along the wall with the, the windows as well. I had a lot of uh, experience um, doing layouts with my previous two stores, uh, as well as all my apartments and, and stuff that I lived in. So I'm quite proficient from my background in graphic design and art direction with uh, Adobe Illustrator. So um, I would measure up all the uh, spaces and draw the floor plan, draw all the little pieces of furniture and stuff, move them around and see how everything fit. So, you know, I had those tools to my disposal and I, I played around with it for a while. Um, originally, I was going to have, you know, a main game room with a secondary game room and a smaller game room, <laughs> three different game rooms. Okay. And then, you know, I, I thought about more. I'm like, well, I only really need a big game room and then a smaller game room that I can close off for private events or whatever. I don't really need a third game room. And especially, you know, this isn't Toronto. It's still, still Peterborough. It's not a huge, huge city. Um, I th so I originally overestimated how much game space I wanted and decided to just knock out that last room, which gave me a lot more space in the, uh, the retail space I wanted to do. And then um, once I made that decision, then I came up with basically two floor plans that I was trying to decide between. And luckily I had a good talk with uh, John, John Cavarello. I guess his bad last name. <laughs> Coviello. Coviello. John Coviello. Sorry, John. <laughs> uh, I'm terrible. He's going to be very angry with you. Like, How dare you misspell, mispronounce my name. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's, you know, who's often the guest here. And, and he, uh, he graciously looked at my two floor plans and I, uh, like I sent him uh, pictures of the layouts and stuff. And I was leaning towards plan A and he was like, Oh, you have to go with plan B. Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not what I wanted to hear, you know? <laughs> and what was his reasoning? I kept looking at the two plans going, no, my plans, I need my plan. It's better. It's, you know, the counter is closer to the bathroom and the storage room. So employees can take bathroom breaks and get product easier. And instead of having to cross the whole space. And I just, I had all these reasons already for wanting that plan A, but his, uh, one of his main reasons for plan B, and I knew the sight lines were going to be better with plan B. That was one of the cons on plan A. But plan B had that customers turn right and they go around the whole store and come back around to the counter. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a well-documented, you know, proven study. Like it's 85, 90% of people turn, they come in the door and they turn right. So that's, you got to build your store around that. And I'm saying that now because he, he was definitely right. Like I, I wasn't even a hundred percent sure that that was the right way to go, but I just, I trusted John who's got tons of experience. You know, he's been in business longer than I have and he's doing very well and he knows his stuff. So, um, you know, he's somebody whose word I take at great value, his opinion at great value. So uh, I'm very thankful for that, John, cause uh, it definitely led to a better store, I believe. Uh, and cause that's exactly what's happening. People will come in and Do the most, loop. most are turning right. And then they follow this whole loop around back to the counter and, uh, it's, it's perfect. It's, uh, and, and our sight lines are really good. And, and the way the store set up is just beautiful. I mean, there, the plan a also had more wall space and I was kind of locked into like all this games workshop, uh, style, um, racking that I had. Mm -hmm. I, I want lots of wall space because I have all this free racking and um, plan B didn't give me as much wall space. So I was going to have to need to buy more fixtures and stuff and figure that out more. Um, 
so it was it was a more expensive option i guess in that regards uh but it did mitigate the uh the options there for the fixtures uh by buying used um but uh anyways lesson learned listen to your peers man listen to guys who've been in the business for a long time if they feel strongly about something and it's not what you want to hear let go of what you're thinking and feeling because it's emotional too you know you get tied yeah, you to get, you get emotionally invested into something you're like yeah. and the ego won't let it go you have to yeah, be willing to exactly. take someone else's advice yeah um as long as they've got the track record sure and john yeah, definitely does right yeah he does he does um and and he like not only just liked plan b he thought it was a great layout too so uh so the uh the store fixtures the store fixtures um there was a great great shop north of toronto called acme fixtures and they have pretty much anything and it's all used pretty much they have new stuff too but mm -hmm. what a great place to save money for fixtures i mean i spent uh you know, about five, five thousand, six thousand dollars total on like all the aisle fixtures and warehouse shelving I needed, which would have been easily double that at least. So, you know, wherever you can buy, I don't even know why you would buy brand new fixtures, really. I mean, there was some work I had to do, like the aisle fixtures were all white and I ended up painting them like black with trim clad. It's not powder coat, powder coated, like professionally done, but trim clad uh, as long as you let it dry for a long time it, it loses its tackiness and it works and yeah no one's looking uh, at the color of your fixtures and be like i think this paint job's no good i'm i'm leaving no. i'm out of here and that's it too you don't, you don't have to have those shiny slick uh fixtures i mean really it gets lost behind all the product yeah you know, i'm still using shelving from my original store and it's kind of banged up but you don't notice that at all and i have a pretty critical eye like I would not put something up if it didn't look good and some of the stuff I have that doesn't look so great just on the wall but looks amazing when there's product on it you know you gotta it's it's anyways another another great uh pointer just buy used fixtures as much as you can you'll save so much money there's it's like buying a car if you buy brand new it's it devalues immediately. <laughs> if you try to sell it again, you will, you will not make half of what you, you paid for it. So, yeah. Um, and then with the aisle shelving, I was, well, I was able to create aisles. I had a big enough, wide enough space, especially because I took up that third game room, which I didn't really need. And really, I mean, it's all about the retail space, keeping the business alive. You gotta, you gotta make money. It could be your game room could be as amazing as you want it to be, but if you can't support if you're 100 percent game rooms you're not selling anything yeah exactly right. although you know people still question how much space i've given to the game room like wow you know people come in like this is free you can just come in and, and like the game room is beautiful now it's just so beautiful you know I'm, I'm comparing it to my last basement game room but still really nice like, i even got one wall i have an accent wall that's painted black because uh and i've got my original dueling grounds outdoor 3d sign from toronto pinned up on that wall. Uh, it looks quite impressive and great for photo shoots inside and videos of people doing their games and seeing my logo back there. But yeah, I think um, that's, that's something to note. I think there's something that most people don't think of if you have the space that supports it, having something as like eye-catching and prominent as your outdoor sign, like mm -hmm. inside your shop is, I don't know, it adds something like really special to the space, I think. Yeah. Like there that's are a, a piece of, of history. 
like there are a lot of places like uh, i've seen gyms like uh, you know mm-hmm. workout gyms like yeah. and stuff like that like yeah. they'll do that they'll have their logo like one of their walls is the name of the gym and like it's just there's something really striking about that and it just yeah. it, i think it looks really professional and it's a, got a very cool powerful like branding image to it and so like i think it's a really good way of using your old sign yeah great great branding and you know it was a bit expensive to do that well i guess it was it's only about 600 bucks you know, if you have to create the sign, then it's expensive. But if you've got yeah, it already, right? A lot of things. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the signage was another uh, challenge, and it still hasn't been uh, met with a solution yet. Uh, the the city of Peterborough, especially right downtown where I am, um, they like to have their any new businesses that put up signs. They have to be. They can't be light boxes. They yep. can't look industrial. They have to look old school kind of old town looking so my initial sign design wasn't approved and uh but we did have a fair amount of window space um at the bottom entrance to the building and we were able to take one of the the largest well the largest glass panel uh to our entrance um and four little small glass panels that went over the over top the entrance uh we were given permission to do anything we wanted with those so uh, that's where our signage is now. They're just window decals. They've been working great for us. Uh, we're eventually going to get a proper sign up on the wall where it's supposed to be. But um, for now, it was uh, an inexpensive solution. We were going to put window decals in there anyways. The four panes over the entrance worked so well because, you know, we do the four major gaming food groups, right? We do the board games, the role-playing games, the miniature games, the collectible card games. So it was perfect for four windows. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, people are, are having a little hard time finding where our entrance is upstairs. <laughs> but we've got more, uh, more signs uh, arriving uh, to put uh, at the, in the entrance area and up on our door and everywhere else. So it's, you know, get easier to find. And, you know, there's lots of people finding us already. We're already doing very, very well at the new space. Which is great. Which is something else that I wanted to ask about the how has it been since you've opened up and how have you kind of like built up the hype? What did you do to make sure that you were successful when you opened the doors? Yeah, well, um, I mean, of course I was going to that phantasm convention. Uh, they have it every spring and fall and I was going as much as I could. I just missed one in the spring because of the, the surgery I had that one time. Uh, but, uh, that was, that was where I first announced it publicly, publicly announced it there. Um, it, I had so many people come up to my booth after that and go, Oh, thank you. We're so looking for, forward to a new store opening up in the city. And they kept mentioning the, uh, the other store that had, uh, that had, um, taken over the old store that was going in extensive renovations and, and they were just all looking for a place where they could play. And, um, so that was the start of it. And then we followed that with, uh, extensive social media. Uh, I was always kind of, uh, you know, kind of half-assed my social media was really just doing Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a bit, it felt a bit overwhelming to try and do all the social media. Uh, and then I got pointed towards Hootsuite, which is an incredible, uh, app that connects. You just make one post and it'll put it up on your Twitter, your Facebook and your Instagram or whatever you have. Those are the three we have now. And uh, you reach a lot more people, especially Peterborough, especially was, um, is a big, big Twitter community, really into Twitter. Okay. So, 
Yeah. Um, so I just uh, started started posting the renos we were doing and how the store was coming along and people were getting really excited and it built up, it really built up uh, anticipation in the community. Uh, we, and we did a, we did a soft open uh, mid June uh, just because we had to, because the new edition of 40 K was coming out. Okay. More yeah. uh, and there was no miniature store anymore. Like the new game store, that took over over the old one. Um, they got rid of all their miniatures, and they were focusing mostly on magic and some board games. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I I knew I had to fill that void, and uh, I posted on social media, "Hey, you know, make your pre-orders with me, and I'll give you um, a discount, and we'll open the store just for you guys. You get a sneak peek, come in, play some games." Uh, and that was a huge success. We had. Uh, I didn't take exact count, but between 20 and 30 people came that day. We did uh, very, very good sales. Um, like just like maybe 2400 before tax in sales that day. Pretty reasonable for a like specialty one-time thing before you even open the doors really. Yeah. And I got to meet part of the community and, and, Mm -hmm they really like the space and they're like, wow, about the game room. And, uh, you know, and, and of course they're telling other people. And so we get great word of mouth from that. Um, and as we're trying to finish the store, people kept finding us on their own and walking in while we're, <laughs> we're still putting <laughs> together and they're like, uh, are you guys open? I'm like, well, you know, we're not, but I can help you out with something. And so we do like a little bit of sales here, a little bit of sales. I go run and find my cash register and just set it up somewhere and, and ring people through and uh, which was, it was kind of a good, uh, good omen I thought. Uh, and then um, by the time we were opening a grand opening was July 2nd. I was a little worried about that weekend cause it's a long weekend. I didn't know what it was going to be like hit or miss. Uh, it was Sunday um, because Saturday was that holiday, the July 1st. Um, Canada day for those who don't know. Yes, Canada no. for listeners. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to expect, but we, like I said, we did a lot of uh, a lot of lead up uh, with the social media, and then when I showed up uh, that morning with a whole bunch of balloons from Party City and a big, you know, grand opening sign and everything, uh, there was about twenty people lined up at the door waiting for us to open. And I was like, wow, this is great, you know, and uh, opened the doors and um, had uh, a couple of my, I had two of my new employees uh, join me. So it was just me and two employees and we were slammed, slammed for, I'd say at least six hours straight where he just nice. couldn't, it was, yeah, it was just nonstop, nonstop in, in that opening day. Um, we did a like seven, 47, over 4,700 net on that one day solid which yeah is is pretty damn good uh and left me with this afterglow like wow like i was i was never it's great to feel appreciated well yeah yeah and all that hard work i put into this to the space like the the last uh the day before all the final touches with the decorations and stuff to like make it look really cool um the mounted dragon head and we we even hung like a, a big millennium falcon from the ceiling and put up all these weapons and stuff on the wall and 
just to try and give it as much of a wow factor as possible. And just seeing that on people's faces when they walk in, like there's <laughs> all how big it was. And like, you know, people are like, what? This a game store this big opening in Peterborough? What's going on? And, you know, getting to realize my next level of the of my store, like my vision for a store, mm-hmm. come to fruition and people people really appreciating it. So uh yeah, there was a lot of buzz when we opened. And then uh, even the Peterborough Examiner, the local paper, uh, came by for an interview. Um, so I would joined this uh, win a space contest where they do that in a lot of towns to try and rejuvenate the downtown with new businesses. And they offer like one year of free rent at a space if you win this contest sort of thing. And this was a follow-up article about people who didn't win the contest but still moved their business to Peterborough anyways. So, you know, just entering that contest – paid off in a big way mm-hmm. free, free PR and like I honestly didn't want to win the contest because you know the spaces they were offering weren't quite right but you know it was like well maybe I should because it's free rent for a year and and 30000 or $35,000 in support whatever that means but um, so yeah I mean no lesson learned enter contests you don't want to win anyways because you never know what happen. i guess uh and and then uh recently the chamber of commerce um for downtown um picked me up and and spread out the word that i was there uh there's it's a, got a great uh bia um that's the business improvement association for those who don't know what that means um and they focus on on the, the business health of any particular area in a city and the the downtown Peterborough one is is phenomenal. They work really hard, and it's it's a, a good good area to be in for that. And they did lots of uh, their social media guy found me <laughs> of all the people. And he started running around taking pictures of all the cool stuff in the store and, and blasting that around. So um, right now, it's all been social media. It's all been social media. Well, and I guess the newspapers and stuff too. But um, old school social media. Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, especially in, in uh, smaller towns too. I think more people listen to the radio or read the newspaper. It's just, it's just what they do more of, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Different, different vibe for sure. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, that all sounds really great. Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you had some like rough beginnings and then the story like panned out and everything's, you know, happy ending. It's great. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's seven, we're in week seven now, so uh, seven, I think we're seven weeks open now, so it's... Uh, still more story to be told. It's still really new, and we're still not totally set up yet, um, and I do have a baby due October 7th, so that's kind of my hard deadline for getting the store up and running as best as I can until that happens, because I know after that I'm not going to be able to put much more into the store a, a, above and beyond like just running it yeah because that's hard i mean uh, just running running a store is that's tough. a job having so to already a job and set it up is even crazier right now um the biggest challenge i've had is setting up the pos system because we went from you know we're moving from pen and paper and an old cash register to a uh, sleek new laptop with a cloud pos system we went with crystal commerce by the way uh, okay that's Did my I was going to ask you about that too, because it's funny yeah. that you, you talked about uh, crystal commerce. I'm actually going to do an interview in a couple of days with uh, the guy who did imp POS 
It's, he's rebranded it. It's basically a Crystal Commerce competitor. We did, we oh, like, okay. we had this discussion about how like this doesn't exist. This apparently now exists. This person, he has a game store and he's developed his own uh, okay. POS system and I'm going to talk to him on Wednesday. So yeah. that'll be uh, really interesting to get the lowdown on that. Yeah, but is that, is that local? Is that, is that Canada? I'll get back to you on that one. I'm not sure. Oh, okay, okay. It'd be a little more exciting if it was a Canadian company. I think it's the States, but I'm not sure. Fair enough. I'll find out. I'll find out. But it's uh, Ion Retail, in case anyone's interested. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, so, I, I heard that, you know, it, it can be buggy. The Crystal Commerce can be kind of buggy. Um, someone was telling, was it you were telling me some, some yeah, was was using it and they lost all their, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you, you lost hours of work. Hours of work. Yeah. And they're like, well, it's a bug. We can't fix it. And there are, there are limitations. The more I've gotten into it, there are some limitations. Like I can't even check someone out with a discount, a percentage discount on on the sale like on a cash register you just put in the item and then you know percentage. put off 30 percent off and it just does it for you and their pos system you have to do the math and then enter an amount of money you're taking off the purchase although and this is their pos version three right now mm -hmm. they're telling me that pos version four is coming out in the near future i don't know what that means months, it could be six, three six nine months <laughs> who knows um but um they are uh they are going to be adding some features uh one thing was uh they have this whole reward system you can work into it but it only works with their online store so it doesn't work with the pos like the in in-store purchases and i'm like well i want to run a reward system that serves all my customers and they're like well that the, and then they said that will be in the next version four so because currently I'm using vicinity as a reward okay. style, um, which has been phenomenal. It's been great. Uh, and, he, and it's, it's very important, I believe in this day and age to have some sort of reward incentive for customers, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys that has always been against, you know, discount stores. I don't think it's a good business model. Um, for a bunch of reasons, but, uh, but offering regular customers discounts for their loyalty. loyalty. Yeah. Their loyalty programs is exactly what they are. Um, that makes them feel appreciated, you know, uh, and it keeps them coming back because they're collecting points and, you know, it's great customer retention. So we've, we, uh, because my POS software can't do that on its own, at least currently, um, I've stuck with vicinity. I started with it a couple of years ago uh, and it has done really well for me. So I'm, I'm always going to have some sort of reward system. Um, and they have, God, this, this was another big hiccup. So for some reason, the card reader, little tablet they give you for the reward cards, um, for some unknown reason, it would not hook up to my Wi-Fi um, when it had a password up. If I had it with no password, it could connect, no problem. If I had some sort of password, it just could not connect. And it had no problem doing that in my old location. And they couldn't understand the problem. They were like, they, had, they sent me a new, uh, new tablet reader to try that, and that didn't work. And they're like, well, I don't know what to tell you. And if you have a PC, and I had this crappy old backup PC laptop for, you know, in case we're running events, our, our laptop for events, conks so out we just had that right and they're like okay well you know if you could use that i'm like oh god and so i have a cash register and then a big laptop and then 
my POS station, like that's a nightmare. Yeah. Counter space being used. And, and so they, they convinced me to stick with it by giving me a substantial discount on the service, um, 30 bucks less a month. And uh, I was paying 200 a month, just to give you an idea. It's a pretty good bump yeah. down. And I mean, that's 200 tax in. So, yeah. um, yeah, I, so, and I ended up buying, uh, cause I had every, all my computers were, were Apple based, Mac based. Mm. So in, in the card reader that you just plug into the computer, it doesn't work on apples, which is why they sent me the tablet reader. Gotcha. Um, but when that was not an option no longer, I, I was like, okay, well, I guess to make that work, I'm mean, going to have to get a PC. And I also wanted to get a lower profile, uh, machine anyways because the current machine I had had a big monitor and it literally blocked face-to-face -face interaction when you're standing in front of the computer after That's it was sitting up on my cash drawer for the POS system. Yeah, so um, so now it's all set up nice and clean, you know, just a little laptop on top of the uh, the cash drawer that's connected to the the POS printer and everything and it's all set up and and this week is actually the very first week we've gone full POS system without using the cash register at all. Mm. Uh, although it's, it's still needed. It's still sitting there just as a backup, but we're, we're always going to have it like in a different room. Uh, I'm going to have like a serving window where we, we sell drinks and snacks. We're currently, we're doing it behind the counter. Mm. Um, so we'll have a place and we're always going to need it at least for now until their POS system, the crystal commerce updates again or something. Cause you can't do a, a tax exempt um, transaction with their POS. So those who are exempt from, uh, you know, they only pay 5% tax instead of 13% tax. There's no way for the POS crystal commerce software to like to make a that. custom box and to be able to pick it for certain customers. So if someone comes in who's uh, exempt from that tax, uh, we have to use the cash register and use that tax exempt button that we have programmed in it. It's funny. It's some, it's, it's, it's pretty funny in the house. Like the, the more, uh, the less, the less techie stuff can sometimes do the job better than the most techie stuff. Like <laughs> old school, sometimes better than old school yeah, or new school. Some, well, complexity just makes it easier to, to fail, right? The more yeah. complex you're set up, the more, the more spots that uh, things can go wrong. So it makes sense that like, you know, the abacus can't really screw up. It's just, it is right. Whereas a computer can, you know, all kinds of things can go wrong. So it makes sense. Yeah. And there's still a lot of work to do. I mean, we have to input all the uh, inventory because right now we're just using it as a POS. So we're typing in the stuff we're selling instead of writing it in a little book. Um, so that's the next step. That's what we're going to be doing all the next week or two. Um, and Crystal Commerce makes that part nice and easy. At least they just you just need to import uh, CSV files. Am I saying that CSV? CSV. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, and you get those in from Excel. They're just spreadsheets. And um, whenever and they had like there are a lot of advantages of Crystal Commerce because they have all the the stuff you're probably going to sell already um, in their database, and you just pick what you want to put into your POS, like you know all the magic stuff, you know, it's a no brainer, all the Yu-Gi-Oh stuff, the Pokemon stuff, yeah. even got they games workshop. Yeah. And they do have games workshop stuff 
workshop stuff now because of course you can sell online games workshop stuff. Yep. Uh, so in, and for each category you, uh, you can find out exactly how you need to set up the Excel sheet. So you do your, your uh, hands-on inventory count, what you actually have and enter that in the Excel sheet, the way they need to import and then import it and boom, it's done. And we're, we're planning on doing that in like blocks of inventory. Like we'll do the board games and then we'll do something else and just do it in chunks until it's all done. Uh, and then I can't wait till that's all done. Cause then when I go to order stuff, I can just look at, see what I need to order instead of walking the, the shelves and looking around and like, Oh, I don't see a, uh, any more settlers Catan on the shelf. I better reorder that or whatever, you know, yeah, it's, it's um, pretty hard to notice a negative. It's yeah. If, if you're looking for a missing thing, it's, it's harder to be like, what was that? It's, it's a like, huge drop. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. That'll be uh, that'll be much better once you got all that set up. Yeah. It's a big, big upgrade for sure. Um, it's, it's ridiculous not having one. And I, I would never advise any store to start up without having a POS system that keeps track of all the inventory and stuff. It was insane that I did it in the, in the, in the to start with, but <laughs> I just do things the way I know how to do it, no matter how hard it is. And I just push through. And so, you know, something to be said for that, but man, it's time to catch up to uh, the current times and I'll have a, a full service uh, online store, which, you know, is every store should have that too. I mean, that is you, the trend. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't even matter if you sell tons of stuff on it or not. Just having that online store gives you so much more online presence. It'll just point customers to you. Just, just that alone is, is a reason to have an online store. And, you know, that's going to be a learning curve too. I, you know, got to figure out how to organize all the orders and the shipping and everything like that. I mean, Crystal Commerce, again, has all these uh, systems built in, which is great, but there's still the physical systems you have to set up with yeah. shelving space and, and where you pack things to go and, and training your employees and everything like that. Yeah, you have yeah. a fun learning curve on that one, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again, I'm sure you're up to the challenge. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I just, you know, I, my only limitation is is the time I have before my little my little Freya arrives. It's a girl, and Freya means um, it's a Norse god of war and fertility. So life and death. Good combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was my wife's idea. That's a nice yeah. name. I like that one. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And that just reminds me of how warm and welcoming the gaming community has been in Peterborough. It's, it's like, uh, you know, Dave Watson, who runs the Phantasm, he actually met up with me at Home Depot to help me carry up all the, um, the flooring I'd put in, like 3,200 square feet of flooring. That's a lot of pallets of flooring. Yep. And uh, like I said, with the move-in, there's a couple stories of stairs to walk up. Um, that was a brutal job and he, he did it like, yeah, no problem. I'll help you out sort of thing. You know, um, nice guy. amazing. Uh, another guy, Matty Armstrong works at Costco and you know, he, uh, he was like, Hey man, I can get you a Costco card. Just, just tell him I'm your cousin. <laughs> and, uh, I can give you a card and you can get an account. I'm like, Oh, awesome. That's so great. You know, that's great for the snacks and drinks and stuff. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, one of the most heartwarming, heartwarming gifts I've ever been given as, as a store owner um, 
this guy uh, is a big, big uh, community member of the, the Warhammer 40K. He runs his own tournament at, at his home, like outside with sheltered tents and stuff like that. That's and a cool. Okay. Yeah, he's really amazing at making terrain and stuff. He's really into the hobby. Um, he uh, he ended up making me a little custom-made plaque with Freya's name on it and some nice. Norse symbols and stuff. Yeah, it was like so touching. You know, these are these are people I hardly even know, and they're 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 just reaching out like this, and uh, it just makes me really feel good about being part of this community. And uh, you know, I, I just hope I can. I hope I don't let anybody down. I just want everybody to, you know, I want to improve, improve uh, the gaming experience in that area as much as possible. And I uh, hope they appreciate what I'm doing. I just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm sure you will make everybody happy. And that's, that's one of the best things about the games business. It's that, that community yeah. that comes with it. Right. Yeah. And that, uh, that, what do you think is success means to you question you always ask to everybody you know, and, and that's, you know, it's definitely, it's not, I don't think it can be the money in this industry because it's not, you know, a big money making business, but you know, it's, it's a business of passion and, and uh, when people are, are happy and ha- and having fun playing games and that's that, you know, that's so fulfilling to me and, and just knowing that I'm, I'm part of that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I'm still excited of what, what's coming ahead. I mean, it's still so early and I have such a great, great uh, bunch of employees that I hired too. And we, I know we talked about that last show, hiring people and, you know, I, and I got some pointers from the other guys too, from Gary and John when they were discussing that and um, like taking your employees out to lunch. I, uh, I, I took an employee out to lunch today yeah. <laughs> and uh, taking each of them out one at a time and uh, you know, being more in touch with them. It's, it's tough right now, you know, managing, managing is, is such a big job. And when you're still trying to set up the business, it's, you know, I haven't been managing as much as I'd like. And you're spending uh, a lot of plates. So I am in my, I have to say my employees are doing a good job of just, you know, taking whatever I, I give them, <laughs> whatever I tell them and making it work and mistakes are being made. And, and that's fine. Cause you know, I, uh, I'm not there enough to, to make sure everything's going the way it's supposed to. Um, and they're being, you know, equally as patient with me and, um, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, uh, I think we're, I think we're creating something really special. I, I, the employees are, are a big part of that as well. They're, they're super passionate, super in touch with the community and, uh, you know, they, they like, they like, being part of that. I mean, the guy I took out today for lunch was, you know, I was like, so how does it feel working here? Like, I want to get his feedback, you know, mm-hmm. I was feeling with stuff and I, I was kind of expecting my employees to say kind of negative things about things. And like, you know, well, I feel kind of confused about this or I'm not quite sure about that. And cause you know, the communication hasn't been as good as it should be. Yeah. Um, but he, he was like, this is the best job I've ever worked in my life. I'm so happy to be here and part of this. And I was like, wow. That's the feedback you want to hear as the boss for sure. Good to hear that, you know, such a, such a nice guy um, too. I really like him. So yeah. Uh, And I look forward to having those one-on-ones with everyone and um, make sure I'm on staying on top of, of the employees uh, like in a good way, like 
making sure they're okay and they're happy and everything like that. Because uh, I'm going to be leaning on them really hard uh, come October 7th when little Freya comes out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Got to get your team and your, your store ready for when you're not going to be there. Yeah. Because you are not going to have as much time. No. Uh, I do have a little bit of a concern about the future. Uh, because um, just uh, just last month, maybe three weeks ago, uh, found out that the owner of the building is selling the building. Oh. That's always, you know, that's an uncertainty that can, you know, drive you a little. Complicate things. I've, I've I had a really bad experience. Um, the first space I was in when it was bought out by somebody and they revoked my right to renew my lease, doubled my rent and, I just I had to get the hell out of there. So I'm, I'm really hoping the new owner uh, is going to honor my lease, which I expect they will. But um, I'm more worried about when my first five years is up because I got a five and five. I was worried about committing to 10. And um, after that first five, you know, if it's, if the new building owner, uh, invests in the property and you know like the roof needs to be redone there's some minor leaking in the ceiling which is kind of like fixed with little patchwork mm-hmm. fixes um the ac units have a hard time chugging through 36 degree weather like today yeah. um it's not as cool as i'd like it to be in there on the really really hot days it's not bad but uh but i can see someone coming in and putting a lot of money in it and then wanting a lot of money back for, for the rent. Yeah. You never know how it's going to go. Maybe it'll be someone who just wants to sit in the place and wait till it's worth more and then sell it and not put much into it. Just what they need to get. Maybe it'll be an owner who doesn't want to do anything. And then the AC breaks and they're like, Oh, well, or there's a big leak in the roof. And, you know, they're, you they're never know, right? Yeah. No idea what you could possibly be getting into. Yeah, it's just uh, it's an uncertainty that I'm a little uncomfortable with, but I'm just gonna try to be optimistic. And I usually don't worry about things until they're actually bad. Yep, and I think <laughs> I think to uh, to quote uh, Fantastic Beasts, okay, the Harry Potter movie. It's like, yeah, there's there's no point to worry, no point in worrying because if you worry, you just suffer twice. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, do you have any more questions for me? <laughs> well, I was hoping we could end on a positive note. Oh, okay. Um, it's like, oh man, I have no idea what's going to happen in the near future. Like, yeah, well, so like, a long time. It's just I put so much into the space that it would be tough to lose. Yeah. Um, no, I totally get what you're, where you're coming with that. Yeah. So let's. What's what's your vision? Let's talk about like future. What's your vision for the future? What do you want to see coming up for Dueling Grounds in the near future? Yeah, well, um, a couple of obvious things is, is getting working my way back up to Advance Plus uh, with uh, Wizards of the Coast. Um, and, and I should also mention that also connects to your account when you're buying product. So as an Advance Plus, I qualify at the highest rating for like the from the vault magic sets and mm-hmm. everything else, everything that's allocated like that. I now have the minimums where you yeah. have the max. So that's a brutal hit too. Yeah. Um, Cause that was basically free money in a lot of ways. 
Well, that's, that's a, like a, like a thank you from the company, like yeah. doing all your hard work sort of thing. Um, yeah. But anyways, you know, we'll, we'll get back up to that. I, I don't worry about it at all. Um, there's a huge, huge 40 K scene. Um, the community's really big and we're doing well with that. Uh, we definitely want to see, um, not just Games Workshop, like, I mean, I can go on about Age of Sigmar is not that popular, but I kind of think it's Games Workshop is its own thing. Um, but the War Machine Hordes, uh, that's, it's starting to get some traction, but it's just, it's just not a very popular game right now. Mm-hmm. Um, although with the new Grimkin Army, uh, which is this amazing horror fantasy themed arm, I don't know how to even describe it, but... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, it's really fun and, and cool looking. Um, you know, that should be creating some interest. But I want to I I get my, my communities nice and solid and running well, like the War Machine Hordes community, uh, you know, uh, and the Flames of War, uh, Team Yankee stuff from Battlefront Miniatures is, is my third big miniatures line. Uh, and, and that's getting some traction as well. I just, I'd like to see all three game systems Pick up. Uh, doing as well 40k because mm. um, we we've dedicated lots of space to all three of those systems um, the uh, <laughs> role-playing games have taken off pretty pretty well already we're we're already at two or three tables for our uh, weekly D&D and our weekly Pathfinder Society nights um, a lot a lot of interest there um, Oh, you know what? The board game rentals. That's another big one that I, I want to do. There was, uh, and this is from one of your podcasts. You were interviewing someone who rented out board games. Like people would actually take them home and bring them back. And that would be and, the, uh, the game board. Game board with yeah. uh, Lynn Potian. Yes. She was. She was fantastic. And she, re- and she was like, oh yeah, good luck. Here, here's everything we're doing. And gave me a template of their agreement and, and all their information, how they run it. Like I couldn't believe how helpful she was. She's a really nice person. Yeah, she's uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, and uh, so that's that's the next step. Once everything's set up, is to do that board game rental program because we we already do like buy, trade, sell uh, new and used games, mm-hmm. and we're bringing in board games, for example. So having open board games is something we're going to have anyways. And uh, I do want shelves full of open board games where people can come in and, and pay a small rental fee and, and play as much as they want. Um, so that totally fits in with, you know, here's a board game, rent it, and then bring it back. And if you like it, pay the remainder to own it or if you don't like it that much or whatever, rent another one. Um, I'm really excited about that. Uh, the online store, of course, uh, getting that up and running, but that's not going to be much longer. That's we're sort of on the verge of that happening, anyways. Um, oh man, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh's done really, really well for us. Uh, Pokemon is starting to gain some traction uh, more than we had in Toronto, anyways. So uh, that could be a big thing. Uh, but you know, I guess mo- a lot of it is just, is just I want to see these communities find us and rise and become, you know, what they can be. Like I want to help them all re- achieve their potential. You know, it's the whole idea of, of offering all this, 
game space and stuff. I mean, nobody has to buy anything from me. It's just, you know, you It'd usually get, they do. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of them will do. Not all of them will. And that's fine. I just want to be part of it. And I know it's important to, to foster the community, to keep it healthy. And the sales will just follow, you know. It's, I, don't, I don't like to lead with sales. I like to, like, I'm a very soft sell, sale kind of person. And uh, I think if you build it, they will come. You will, you know, you, you provide and, and things will be provided for you. And uh, yeah. 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 I think on that note, a lot of, uh, a lot of store owners, I don't think see the degrees of separation when you have a community of people like, yeah, you said like some of these people won't buy from you. Right. That's, that's a yeah. fact, but you don't know who those people are talking to who will then come and buy from you, who will then become customers and then tell other people like that person who came in and just experienced your space, they may tell like 10 other people how awesome it is. You have no idea like how wide that web goes, right? So the yeah. bigger the community, the better, like in almost every aspect. So it makes sense. You got players in your game room creating excitement. So what if they don't buy anything from you? They're like in their part of this community that other people want to be part of or want to get into. And yeah, it's, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, and it's also maybe they don't buy it from you that day. Maybe they come back a week later and they buy something. Sure, there's always sure. a chance. And I have to say, like as far as sales go, um, we're already exceeding what we were doing in Toronto. So nice, um, which is you know, I, I I even no more impressive well. considering the population, right? Yeah, well, and but it's it's also there's not 20 game stores either. There's um, there's uh, there's one other game store like myself, Grey Guardian. Uh, and, and there's uh, the toy shop, which is mostly puzzles and board games. They really don't do anything else. Mm. Um, you know, there's uh, Mastermind Toys, a little bit of crossover, but they're more for a younger market. Uh, so, you know, um, that, I think that's part of it. But I, I also think that uh, we're offering something that people want and appreciate. And... Um, well, there, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was literally uh, a build it and they will come sort of experience for me. I had a vision. I realized it. People saw it and they're like, wow. And, and they're just, I, I'm being rewarded <laughs> by all that work. And, uh, you know, and, and we just started and students are just starting to come into the city. Right. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a town with a university and a college. So business is always only going to get better from here. Nice. Yeah. Once the school year starts even better. Yeah. Cool. So we're assuming. Yeah. So any closing thoughts for the audience? Gosh. Well, as much as you prepare, you're never going to be fully prepared. Um, You know, you have to expect, bumps on the road and you're just going to have to deal with them as quickly and gracefully as you can. Uh, you just need to believe in yourself and what you're doing and, uh, you know, don't give up, don't give up until, <laughs> until you're, you're no longer capable of going forward. I don't know. There's, you know, it's like, you got to decide for yourself, when a business isn't working or whatever, but, um, 
you, you just gotta, you gotta push forward as hard as you can. If you, if you give up bef- before you've tried your hardest, you will always, always regret that. So put everything you have into it. And, you know, if it still doesn't work, well, maybe the things beyond your power, but uh, a lot of the time, I think if you put in everything you've got, it will pay off. I believe that if you have the, the right uh, mix of skills and money <laughs> you and might passion have. and perseverance and passion determination and all those other virtues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Those are some really good closing words. You make all that up on the spot. <laughs> well, <laughs> cause that was pretty good. Words too. So. Was pretty good. I think I'll just add in uh, just my little bit, nothing yeah. ventured, nothing gained. I think it's a absolutely big risk, big reward. And it was a, a big reward. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and thank you, by the way, because I, you know, all along the way, I mean, you did that show about moving your business that I wasn't a part of, but damn, I listened to that a couple times because that's what I was doing. And and uh, I have to say, over over the the show that you do, I've I've picked up a lot of a lot of important information for myself, and I I think part of my success is uh, thanks to you, and and I think. Uh, you know, the, the Maniverse is a great resource for anybody who's uh, in the game industry, anybody, whether you're looking to start up for the first time or if you've, you're old school like me and just need a kick in the butt, like to get up to the times and, and uh, move forward and push your business a little farther. You definitely uh, helped me do that. So thank you. Oh, thank you for the kind words. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, praise. I'm not used to that. <laughs> yeah. not used to that. Oh, yeah, this seems like a really good place to end the show. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show, sharing the story. You know, like it's great to do this one-on-one again. You know, we don't always get to like go deep onto stuff like this when we're all together when there's all four of us. So, yeah, yeah thanks for making the time on this late post-solar eclipse day. Sure, and and thanks for having me again. I'm always happy to be on the show. I do appreciate this, and uh, yeah, I think now I'm gonna go see that episode six of game of thrones i keep hearing about is so amazing (laughs) awesome well we will talk to you guys next time right yeah well you know me i won't be around for the next uh several shows because of my my uh timeline but you know i got fan expo i got the next phantasm etc etc busy man busy man got a got a business to run babies to deliver at some point and we got all kinds of stuff going on so we will <laughs> we will get you on another episode sometime soon. Absolutely. Always happy to be here. All right. Well, you have a good night. And the listeners too. Yeah. We'll say goodbye. All right. See you later. Well, that's it for this episode of the Maniverse Podcast. If you want to learn more about running a successful game store, head over to ManiverseSaga.com and become an Early Bird Premium Member. A premium membership is where you'll be able to find in-depth courses, guides, and templates for specific strategies for growing your game business. We're talking about step-by-step how to set up Facebook ads that convert, how to build an e-commerce site and sell your stock online, streaming events and video production, and more. It's currently a work in progress, but if you're serious about growing your game store, it'd be great to have you as an Early Bird Premium member. My goal for the Premium membership is for it to be your virtual GTS. It's a treasure trove of resources, shortcuts, and strategies that you can access from anywhere with an internet connection. I want to thank Wayne Middlestead for coming on the show, and I also want to thank you for being a listener to the Metaverse Podcast. 
I'm Tom Traplin. I've been your host, and it's been a pleasure. Remember, stay strong and play the game. I'll talk to you next time.